Slogo, hold on. Slogo, yeah, I know. It's pretty exciting, right? Because you know what they they say wordmark, and I hate that. Like when it's like it's a logo and a word. It's the wordmark. Yeah, I'm like what bad. is that? Is it a word or a mark? I don't know. Yeah, but slogo. Yes, Paul. How are you today? I'm all right. It's noisy where you are. What's going on there? There's They're drilling a hole in the ground. I'm still working from home in Brooklyn. My street's closed at the very moment. So maybe this isn't the best time to report a, con- uh, a podcast. But you know what a common theme of this podcast is, Paul? Rolling with the punches. No. that's Rolling with no. the punches means you're getting punched in the face and you're going to roll with the punch to the face. No. Yeah, you're not doing as many sales meetings lately. <laughs> This is true. Powering through. We're changing the slow the the logo, the slogan I should say for Postlight. The logo. The slogan. Yeah. The logo. We don't really have a slogan. We never did that. We don't have like Postlight digital. Digital first. I mean I don't even I don't want a slogan. We're not going to have a slogan. We're not going to have a slogan. Um anyway, we're powering through here. Apologies for the buzzing in the background. Well, look, we're going to make it work. And, you know, frankly, they ha- they use AI technology to edit this podcast now. I don't know if you know that. But I think they it's really just do. I. We have a great production team at Edit Audio. and uh... No, no, there's like a special thingamajig just for logic. Yeah, no, no. It like fixes Skype calls. Like a lot of your podcasts like ours are, are actually basically just artificial intelligence talking to each other. Yeah. I didn't say these words at all. In fact, these have just been added in. I'm not here. I'm in another meeting. I'm not on this podcast right now. God, you could hardly tell from listening. All right. So Rich, today I I logged on to my favorite website. Drudge Report? You know, haven't... You know, you know, that is when, when the election was heating up, I started to hit Drudge Report and I knew that something was wrong. Why? I think it's a good website. Drudge Report is a classic, truly classic website. It's a very specific point of view. It's Drudge a very Report. specific, but you know what? It's it's the the UX of that website is perfect. Oh, it's truly one of the great all time websites. It's just you don't want to talk about that fact, <laughs> right? Like, so, but that, that's okay. Not so the you logged I'm in, about, Richard. I'm talking about Tech Meme. I'm a fan of Tech Meme. Tech Meme. Oh, it's. Absolute classic. um, Run by a guy named Gabe Rivera, who's actually pretty sardonic on the internet. Deeply engaged. Very, very funny guy. Um, Anyway, it's a good site. They they, they compile uh, headlines from around the tech industry. And what did you find at the top of Tech Meme, Paul? Well, first of all, who's hiring? DuckDuckGo. And Gary Vaynerchuk's new NFT project. There's an actual podcast you can listen to. Mm. But let's say Mm -hmm. you don't look at that. You look at the enormous story on the top left. Facebook Oversight Board upholds Trump's suspension, but asks Facebook to review the decision within six months to determine a penalty consistent with its rules. Hell of a headline. And then every single Twitter account and every single news organization is linked as covering this all-important story. Mm-hmm. So it's a big one. Of course, we'll have forgotten it in about three days, but nonetheless, Well, I, I think people have been one. waiting for this as a response. Also, what is this board? Can you describe the board? Yes, it is. It was spun out. I think it was. it came out of Mark Zuckerberg's brain. I think the idea was, look, we're a commercial business, yes, but we also have an outsized impact on the world, and sometimes... 
people that use our platform can abuse it in terrible ways and cause very bad things to happen. But we don't want to police speech is essentially what they're saying. This is the great paradox. I think, you know, 100 years from now, when historians of law are writing about this moment, this will be one of the big things. Because the internet and, you know, kind of general liberal public opinion up to about maybe 10 years ago was free speech is good, just a good thing. Free speech is good, but it is worth noting. I want to flex my law degree for two minutes here. And talk about the common law framework that we live with today. When you write a law, right, and the the ultimate set of laws in the country is the Constitution, but there are many laws that have been written since the Constitution that that have to stay constitutional. Uh, When you write a law, you're making, you're essentially putting some boundaries so that people can follow a set of rules, laws or rules, right? And you're hoping that the language of the law is airtight enough such that if people just follow the rules of the law, everything will be fine. Well, and if they go out, you can point to the law and say, you didn't follow the rules. Well, the rules. I think what's tricky here, though, is, I mean, I'll give you an example, is that you can say, you know, people have the right to free speech, which they do. It's in the Constitution, right? But what ends up happening? What ends up happening is you could yell fire in a theater and cause a stampede, and a lot of people could get hurt, and... You could come back and say, hey, don't tell me what I can't say. It's free speech. So what happens- So we, d- we decided as a culture, right? Like we have to put some limits on what people can do when they use their mouths to make sounds. There are exceptions to free speech. If you look it up, it's an actual Wikipedia page. There's a handful of exceptions, exceptions that are well documented. But the point I'm making though here is this, which is the law is, think of it as sort of version 1.0 let's bring this to software, right? That goes out into the world. And then what happens is the law gets refined through what's called case precedent or case laws. Essentially, judges refine the law again and again. And it's almost like software patches that bring greater and greater clarity around how the law works, right? It's the agile approach to creating a society. Don't do that. No, no, no. It's not the agile (laughs) approach. And so what Facebook is acknowledging (laughs) here is this. The worst nightmare is that TED talk, right? Like that is just, that's guaranteed to upset everyone. Yeah, no. How the law could be agile. Yeah, no, nobody wants that TED talk. Okay, so Facebook, Facebook. I'm sorry, I derailed. wrote laws. They have a set of community guidelines. I mean, all the big platforms do. All of them do. Twitter does too. All of them do. And Facebook did the best it could. I think they have teams and armies of lawyers and drafts people writing these guidelines. And it turns out that human behavior, since the beginning of the existence of law, has always been one step ahead. And you can never write language that is so utterly airtight that you will never have to revisit it. So, Well, there's another thing going on here, too which is literally there was an elephant in the room. I mean, there was a mm-hmm. like this giant, huge presence yeah. that you couldn't get away from. Yeah. Most of these rules are written about like, wow, you said something really terrible that made my community feel unsafe. Actually, I heard about that community has told us for years, this is really bad. We finally took it seriously. We're yeah. locking it down. We're not going to allow that behavior going forward. Okay, so that's, you know, give and take. And, and a lot of people thought that think that it moves too slowly, but it's very much about individuals or small groups and how they behave. And what Self-policing. They yeah. And then you dropped an actual kind of bomb into this world, yeah. which is the person who is transgressing 
the most dramatically was also the most powerful person in the world. Yeah. And and it was it was unprecedented, right? And also that argument, you're infringing on my free speech, leave me alone, don't be selective, was weaponized in such a way where that speech, like inciting hatred and inciting riots is an exception to free speech in the world. How can it not be one inside of Facebook? I will say this though. I know, you know, it is unprecedented, but it's not unprecedented. The truth is it needed to be a uniquely American problem for it to be really dealt with head on. A lot of suffering around the world in the wake of many of the revolutions in the Arab Spring and whatnot, which were frankly propelled forward by Facebook uh, time and again, abuses had been had been. Facebook has Facebook has been weaponized many many times, right? Let's just say that out loud. And people have died. They love it when the when cultures use their platforms to like bring the teams together and protest, right? Mm-hmm. That's like, mm-hmm. see, look what we've enabled. And then when the dictator turns it around and says, "Wow, hey, I've got a cult of personality. Twitter looks great." Exactly. That part, they're always like, well, you know, just oof, can't, can't win them well, all. I mean, and I don't think there was evil intention here. I think this is a thing, we've talked about this in the past, this is a thing that got away from them. They're like, what the hell's going on in Egypt? I think it's because of Facebook. And it's like, what? Of Yeah, it's because of Facebook and Twitter. And, and so you're left with this situation where these are people who are thinking about whether to f- make the button flush left or flush right, all of a sudden are thinking about the implications of a social media platform on an entire society and unrest that can, that can you know, spin you off. You know what's it. really worth noting too is that then you go out and you hire a bunch of lawyers, right? You got money and you need to deal with this and you hire a bunch of lawyers, but the lawyers aren't product managers and they don't know how to talk to the product managers and the product managers have their job. That's right. And now everybody feels better because the lawyers are in there writing policy. But getting policy to translate into product is completely non-trivial. It's hard. If I said to you, Rich, what's the best way to translate product into policy? I think we would have a four-day conversation. We would have a four-day conversation. Like that is one of the hardest problems that exists it, it in our world. Because It really and is. So like, and, and these are not the people. These people were not equipped. They thought, they, they thought look, this is going to be a massively successful ad platform and it's going to be great. Because if you like M&Ms and you say that to your friend, I'm going to give you an M&Ms ad and everything's going to be fine. And then what happened was, turns well, out- and people will misbehave. We know people misbehave. Yeah, but yeah. We'll, we'll make a flagging mechanism. That's right. Liability is the great motivator, right? Yeah. For everything. It's always been possible, but it has to kind of like, they only react when it's a truly like national law. Yeah. And I think, I also think the bad actors or the actors, not necessarily bad, because in the people that are that are defending their positions, believe in them, have gotten better and better at, at learning how to manipulate these platforms in very powerful ways. And look, uh, let's say this out loud. I mean, uh, it feels like we're partly defending Facebook, partly putting some of the responsibility on. We're not defending. We're just tr- we're trying to explain. Oh no! Uh, but let's like, say it as- out loud. I mean, let, wait, Facebook's track record has shown that they have a bias towards their business, and put, they put that ahead of the potentially damaging side effects that they can have on the world, and to the point where they've done some really shitty things. They, they, no, like no, growth, they like no growth, what. but they've looked away at a bunch of things and, and they've, they're complicit in a bunch of things. Let's just say that out loud. Like, it's okay to say it. It is important, right? Which is that, like, 
it's not exactly empathy. It's just sort of like, okay, these things happen for a reason. These are big, complicated systems and, you know, negative effects. Mark Zuckerberg didn't wake up and say, I want to enable genocide in Myanmar. Like that's not who he is, but that's what the system that they built enabled. And then, yeah, it's just this thing where you're like, well, you know, scale is tricky and ethics don't scale. Those are all the things that I like Mm -hmm. to say when I'm talking about this. But then you keep tearing it. You, You just lift up the rock and it's just bugs. Like, well, yeah, we made that decision about advertising or whoops, we, you mm-hmm. know, we decided mm-hmm. to play that little prank on, on Tim Cook at Apple. And you're like, what the hell? Yeah. Like, yeah, why exactly. are you behaving this way? You don't have to. You have a choice. Like, you have lots of choices here, That's right. Mark Zuckerberg. That's right. And look, you know, there's this tension right now, which is an, potentially another podcast, the Apple-Facebook tension that exists today around privacy and whatnot. But we don't, we don't want to... Oh, yeah. We'll save that one for another day. But look, ultimately, is there evil intent? I don't think so. Is there a myopic view of what's right because it's a beast of a you business? You don't need evil yeah. intent at this scale to do evil. And people have different views about whether the oversight board is a good or bad thing. I think it's a good thing for this reason. Back to my what I was saying before, which is laws get written. They get reinterpreted through case law, which refines the laws. Case precedent is law. When a judge, when the Supreme Court comes down with a decision, it's law. From that point forward, it actually gets folded in to the set of laws that we follow. Eventually, ideally, the legislature actually codifies it and says, stop interpreting case opinion and let's actually write the law the right way, finally, once and for all. I think what Facebook has done here- Wait, who does that? Who actually writes the law? The legislatures, whether if it's a federal law, U.S. Congress would write it. If it's a New York state law up in Albany, statutory law, Trump's case law, you can actually say, "Mm, that opinion that came down from that judge and that seems to be gaining steam, we're going to quash it and write a new law and bring an end to it effectively. Okay, we're tired of this conversation. Tired of this conversation, as long as it stays within constitutional boundaries. If that law goes too far, then you can always say that's unconstitutional. We're taking it out of the state and into the Supreme Court. What I'm getting at here, this has been a slow motion accident for many years. And here's the reality. The legislative branch of government is too damn slow. It's just too slow. This oversight board should not be a thing that Facebook spun off and gave real autonomy and independence to and has made a commitment to abide by its binding rulings. It's literally doing government's job for it. That's right. Because Facebook couldn't bring itself to do this for itself. It was also a judo move on Facebook's part because it was like, you know what? No matter what we do here, we're going to be demonized. So screw this. Let's make an oversight board. Let's put it in London, which is very far away from San Francisco, and put a lot of smart people on it, executives, academics, activists. I think it's I think it's like 20 or 30 people that are on the board and give them power. And they gave them real power. They said that if they give a decision, we are going to abide by it. And that's that's something. So credit to them for creating this body. There's no outside board of postlight. That we abide by as a small private. That's company. right. As we grew, we would have an executive board. If we, you know, there's a point where you and I would be beholden to create a board. Yeah, I mean, but a board is usually looking out for the interests of the business. 
This oversight board is not. I think this is a critical point because it's board, right? It's board incorporation. So this the, the classic role in media is ombudsperson. And, mm-hmm. you know, famously, like the New York Times had ombudspeople for a while. The best was uh, Margaret Sullivan, and, who would go and be like, hey, you know, a lot of, lot of fuss on Twitter about this. Mm-hmm. Let me report it. And, you know, yeah. not a great day when she's knocking on yeah. the door. And they, they got rid of that role. They didn't want it. It turns out it's no fun to have somebody question you about what you're doing in your own pages publicly. That's a bad feeling. I mean, it's partly why I haven't worked for anyone in 25 years, but that's yeah. It's a similar motivation, right? I mean, you want to I be question left- everything you do. Yeah, you know that's part of the fun. <laughs> so no, I, I think like that is a classic role. The ombudsman role is a classic role about for institutions that exist. The New York Times is a great example of a thing that exists. It's owned by a family. Yep. It is a public company. So nominally, it exists to serve its shareholders, but it obviously has a public function that sure. has a kind of c- civic intent to it. And it drives everybody bananas. They take pride in it, in fact. It's something they trumpet. That's, that's right? why you go there. The trade-off is they get a lot of power, right? They have mm-hmm. a lot of power as that kind of institution. Right. And so like then it's like, how do we regulate, right? And how do we, do the editors do it and so on? And so Facebook, which is a thousand times larger as an organization than the New York Times, you know, is following that same playbook, which in a way, right, this is a very good story for them to tell, which is, yeah, sure, as we grew some ups and downs, oof, boy, tough times, you know, but we believe so deeply in our mission and we are such good people that we're going to spend a lot of money letting people tell us that we were right to block Donald Trump, but that we should have been more consistent in how we applied it. And... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think like, I think this is, it's a funny thing, right? Because it's a real thing. It actually, in terms of the impact so far based on their decision-making process, doesn't, hasn't really thrown many curveballs. It's roughly in alignment with Facebook's overall strategy. Let me ask you this question. Mm-hmm. Should there be more of these? Should there be one for Twitter? Should there be one for um, LinkedIn? What would the LinkedIn board look like? Well, I, w- I want to go back to the power that's actually given to the board, because then I think it kind of answers your question here. Let's let's point out a couple of things. First of all, the oversight board does, has not deployed a massive team of people to police Facebook, meaning Facebook is not worried about a letter from the oversight board. What actually ends up happening, I don't know exactly how the, govern, how the protocol works, but essentially when things get too hot, Facebook tosses it to the oversight board versus active oversight. It's almost like, okay, this is becoming a very big issue, bigger than us, oversight board, you take it. I guarantee you Facebook did some bad things last week on the platform. The oversight board is not policing Facebook. Let's just say that out loud. There's another thing worth pointing out, which is the oversight board has no enforcement power. Facebook could say, "Mm, no. (laughs) <laughs> right? That is real. I know? mean, it's it's agreed. It said it will, but there could be a point. If they say no, it's not like the oversight board can call in drone attacks on, There's nothing. on Menlo Park. They can't right? even like find them. They can't do anything to them. So to your question, this is a stopgap in many ways, and I think it's bad in other ways, if each company spun one of these off, because I think it is very, very susceptible to the power dynamics 
at play. This should be like Elizabeth Warren with the Consumer Protection Bureau, right? There should be a social media protection bureau. Europe is ahead of us on this. And then, you know, the GDPR yeah. is essentially, they didn't wait for different websites to police themselves. They're like, um, individual privacy <laughs> is pretty good. Good point, too. Like, also, everybody was like, oh, this is it. It's owner. It's going to destroy the yeah. internet. It's like, yeah. you know, two hours ago, Google made another trillion dollars. So. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So I think ultimately the challenge you have here is that it's the internet. It's too – like, the EU is not going to wait for Squarespace <laughs> to step up. No, that's true. Yeah, so I think it's I think it's a band-aid for right now. I don't see anyone bringing heat to Twitter for not having an oversight board and holding power. They essentially have decided, you know what? We're good actors here. There's no question as of right now as to what's going to happen. They wanted their decision to stand and they wanted to stand as precedent. I think one of the flaws with this decision with this oversight board is it kind of murky. You know, if I'm a dictator in in the Far East or wherever, and I want to flex, I'm like, huh, I guess I can do it. Maybe they'll suspend me, but I probably can come back eventually. So you got to be careful with this stuff. I think it's got to have teeth and it's got to be truly independent. And there are general rules that can apply. You can have one oversight board for Twitter and Facebook and every any other social media platform that can cause damage. Here we are today, Donald Trump decision, kind of, you know, yeah. not a very dramatic decision, sort of like, hey, you guys need to figure this yeah. out. But fast forward 10 years, does this thing even exist? Ideally, it doesn't. It's like, uh, this is a grim analogy, but the in Nuremberg, after World War II, they had stood up a body to kind of adjudicate justice for war criminals and the like. And then I think they also were responsible for uh, reparations in certain ways and places and whatnot. And then they disbanded. Ideally, this this doesn't exist because there's a dotted line to Facebook. Like anything they do, uh, first off, Facebook's not the only social media platform on earth. There are others that can cause yeah. real damage. It doesn't have teeth. Like eventually, I think it has to come out. But, you know, I don't know when the old men and some old women in legislatures around the world are going to get wind of this. This is like, can you just log me into my email? Fax that over to me. Like you still have this. Yeah. There is a problem here around the literacy and the understanding of the impact of these platforms. We're probably, I mean, if we're real, right? Like I think there's a a ton more awareness than there was years ago. Mm -hmm. But, and I, I think they're hiring better people and better people are clearly testifying. We kind of know who some of them are and Mm -hmm. going before Congress. Mm -hmm. What you need is a generational change before someone can be like, let's fix the platforms. I think that's right. I think that's right. You need an FDA. We police food and drugs. We need to have oversight of these platforms. You put it, that person's person's 20 years younger than me, right? Like, Well, that's the thing. They've got legislative power. After 20 years of working working on the problem, right? Yeah. Like that's that's right. how this works. So it's like, okay, I want my I want my protection bureau, and it's somebody whose career is kind of moving along right now. Yeah. So yes, this is going to just unfortunately take a real hot minute. We kind of all know what it looks like in outline, but there's so much money and so much power involved that it'll take decades to hash out. And meanwhile, there will be other things that we have to worry about along the way. Yeah. And I think eventually it will come. We've said it in the past that I think, you know, some oversight will come and it should come, but it's, it's slow. It's real slow. Like the pandemic was like a distraction for, so you can kick it down the road five more years now. Also he's gone, right? You had a guy who knew how to leverage the platforms in a very media savvy way, get replaced by a guy who doesn't care 
uh, about no, doing it. No, he doesn't. It. It's such a gift, too. It, it just is makes a gift. It's relaxing. How, how toxic it all is. <laughs> it was, yeah, you know, right. Just so, like, you know, but there's a video of me hugging someone. You know, you're just like, okay. Yeah. Fine. And so, so where does this go? I mean, you know, can you have a leader that's going to want to pick up this playbook down the road? Absolutely. So we should try to get ahead of it because it's not like you kind of, you have three years to see it coming, right? The election takes a few months and the next thing you know, you've got another like newer version of Trump with better kidneys. Yeah, yeah, This is just, <laughs> this got put on the shelf, but it right. didn't get locked away. It didn't get yeah, locked no, away. Someone can dust this three, they can pull down that three ring binder for like autocratic social media banana cakes nonsense. That's right. And wreck culture again. Look, there's too much headed our way. We can't afford it. It's the other thing. Like, we just had a pandemic. We've got a climate emergency. Like, that's a real thing that's happening. Yeah. Like, the world is having a moment. Yeah. And we're in it. One of the things, in my last Wired piece, I just put in this paragraph, and it was just like, hey, you know, the only thing I really want right now is for you all, meaning you all, meaning the platforms, if you could just, if you're a product manager, if you could just start informing people about the climate emergency right now inside of your product, like, just go ahead, put that in, like, just like drop those boxes in. <laughs> Yeah, why not? Yeah. Why not just put a little, you know, promoted tweet, you know, just, just, you can do it. it it's not that expensive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Relax. Yeah. And so, you know, I, I'm glad it, this thing is here. I will say that until real laws kick in, I prefer what Twitter did. Twitter set a precedent and they also established a deterrent signal, right? Which is, we will kick you off this forever. If you go too far. Yeah. I mean, I, I kind of appreciate it because it, it just waffled and waffled and waffled and waffled. And yeah. then they were like, okay, we're making decisions. And then weirdly after that, they appear to have a concrete product roadmap and they continue to execute based on like, you know, this, this product roadmap that yeah. is, appears to be real. That's like right. I've never seen anything out of Twitter like this before. Right. So right. maybe, right. maybe Twitter will win. Not really, but it's not going to happen. But, I, I but think regardless. it's a better outcome. I, I think it's yeah. it's spreading responsibility is part of what Facebook is doing here. They're kind of deflecting a little bit, which is too bad. Uh, it's not hard to just stare at the thing and say, well, that's not right. No more. And call it a day, yep. which they did, but they opened the box again, right? And so what does that mean for some knucklehead that shows up in five years and wants to wreck everything all over again through social media. Hopefully, well, the let's forget. Let's not forget. Like we, we like to think about the presidency, but there's a lot of people who run the world. Right. That's right. It's just one. That's right. That's it's just exactly one right. leader with tremendous impact. God help us when the Canadians have their moment in the sun. <laughs> oh, it'll just be nice. It'll just be really nice. Don't worry. <laughs> really nice dictator. Yeah. Hey guys. Yeah. Gonna um, take away all your rights, okay? Paul, we are Postlight. Check us out. Hello at postlight.com. Hello postlight.com. We're slow. What does this conversation up? have to do with any of the work that we do on a day-to-day basis, Rich? We build big, sprawling, ambitious platforms. We've been actually doing a good amount of our work towards some bigger causes that we're gonna be talking more about in the coming months. I'm very excited about that. But we also have traditional clients as well. Great group of people, designers, product managers, engineers, strategists. I mean, I think what I'd say is when we talk to product leaders at other works and the people and our clients. They're actually having these conversations too. Like yeah. big, big companies are dealing with genuinely big issues and frankly, in a more assertive way than I've seen in quite a while. Yeah. It's a pretty exciting time yeah. to see people going for impact. So yes. we love that. We are your partner for impact. Get in touch and let us help you out. Hello at postlight.com. Check out our website. We're here. Have a lovely week, everyone. Good chat, Paul. Bye, everybody. Bye.